podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to This Is Happening. This is Eric Morris. And this is... Is Deb Buten, hello. Yay, I love that little uh, pause, <laughs> little pause that you added. <laughs> yes, it's just anticipation. Yeah. What? Who? Welcome, friends. <laughs> Welcome, friends. Oh, you know, before we get to today's guest, Eric, yes. I would like to just Business. address... Housekeeping? For, yeah, some housekeeping. <laughs> um, you know, here we sit in our undisclosed Hollywood location, yeah. and we're thinking always about our friends in Indonesia. Mm. And so to our friends, we would like to say... Okay, there you go. So just make sure you send that money to me. Uh, so welcome, Indonesia. Thank and you. Now Who was that lovely woman? It just came in for a second. Her name is Googleina. <laughs> uh, hey, Eric. I think hey. we should introduce. We should. Guest. We are here. We have a very special treat, everyone. <laughs> we are here with with our dear friend who we've been friends with for decades. This is yes, true. Two decades or so. At least. You know. Uh, <laughs> when I was five. Yeah, exactly. You know exactly. Exactly. Right. You like to write on teen shows. So Correct. you like your and you look literally like Aww. just post just post puberty. I got carded. You're the aging. Other day. Who, but Eric, who are we talking <laughs> about? We are talking about the lovely, the talented Michael Reese. Hello. With a, with a silent Z. Yes, welcome Michael <laughs> Reese to This Is Happening. The podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. Michael you was won't be in an hour. <laughs> Michael was an actor who worked on all kinds of things, and he also cornered the industry on voiceovers, <laughs> um, and then branched out to be a hugely successful or prolific um, television writer, and also recently um, phenomenally successful feature film writer. Yeah. It's been Generating fun. like a hundred million dollars for a studio. It did. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. So welcome, Michael. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm psyched to be here. We're thrilled to be here. Now, Michael and I go way, 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 way back. Do you know how Michael and I met? I recall. I don't. I, recall. I mean, I, rec- I recall where when I met Michael, which was through you, but... Right. So, Michael, tell people how sure. you know, we know each other. We know each other through my acting days. Uh, I had just quit being a lawyer and uh, had become an actor. And I was doing this little recurring thing on Days of Our Lives and auditioning. And so I go in for one of my very first sitcom auditions. I believe it was for Frasier. I believe it was. That was for, for Frasier, Frasier, yeah. It's at the Paramount lot. Correct. With mm. uh, then the lovely Kathy Reinking and Jeffrey Greenberg called yes. us in. Jeff Greenberg, a friend of This Is Happening. He has yes. been on the podcast. He's amazing. We love him. And... Um, we're sitting in the little waiting area with all the other people uh, auditioning for our role. And um, we both auditioned. Wait, wait, was this not the audition or the callback? Was it the callback? Forgive callback. me. Was it the callback? Yes. So they were both talented. They were both callback. Both Michael and I made it past <laughs> the first round, which is like That's the right. cattle call. And uh, forgive me, Michael, what they would do, what Jeff would do on Frasier is the callback was it. I feel like, was it the same day? Oh, no, no, no. They, you, you I believe to, it was the next day. Yeah, it was the next sort. day. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. You, you, yeah, no, no, no. And I sat down next to him, and, uh, him being Doug, uh, and I just started chit-chatting, and he was super friendly. Um, and then they called us in. I was scoping out my competition. And obviously. I was completely naive. I was like, this is fun. And uh, I went in, I did my thing. Uh, I left. Doug went in, did his thing. He left, and Doug got the part. But... Uh, 
the kind person that he is, he said, you know what, I, I, I feel badly about getting this part. Would you like to go to the opera with me? Uh, what? Was, wasn't it the opera? And you invited me to the opera, and you and Kathy and I went, I think, to the opera or something. Or am I? So is this a date? Am I misremembering? You, you, are, you are remembering a, a lovely tale, but I must say it's a tall tale. <laughs> then fill me <laughs> in because the well, years may have uh, uh, impacted my memory. What happened is uh, on Frasier, uh -huh. so when you had your callback, yeah. there were three of us who were up. For that role, That's right. right, and so they said uh, you were up for the same role. We, yeah, Michael and I were up for That's the same weird. role. Yeah, and Google so us like, and you'll see the they, visual they, description. They <laughs> said, um, Michael, would you come in? Okay, thank you. Please have a seat. Doug, would you come in? Okay, thank you. Please have a seat. Eric, would you come in? Thank you. Please have a seat. And then they said, Michael, will you please come back in? Oh right. Have a seat. Doug, would you please come back in? You could have a seat. Thank you, you can all leave. And then as we left, they came up to me and said, could you stay back? And because I found out right then and there that right, I had Right, right, right. Now, that is actually where our first exchange ended. Really? Then okay. I received a call. But why would from, you invite this stranger to an yeah, opera? Because, <laughs> here's the deal. I don't oh, know. I, I found Michael attractive at the time. Uh, and at the but, time he was. <clears throat> but then I got a yes, call and then life from happened. the casting associate, Kathy, who was friends with Michael. Okay, yes. Okay. And she knew We played cards go, together. Right. And she knew that I'd go to the symphony. And she and I were going to go to the symphony. And she said... Uh -huh. I want to invite this friend of mine because I can't tell oh. if he's gay or straight. Uh -huh. so I See, said, I'm okay. learning now. So I said, okay, bring him. So we went to dinner, I believe the restaurant currently called Kendall's, Correct. formerly known as Otto's. Otto's. Yes. So we went to Otto's and in walks Michael Reese's. <laughs> and we sat down, we started chit-chatting. And That's then right. Michael talked all about his ex whose name was Andy. And so then Michael <laughs> goes to the now. bathroom and I said to Kathy, what the fuck are you talking about? He's gay. He says his ex is Andy. And as Michael comes back to the table, Kathy said, Andy is a woman. <laughs> this so is true. This is true. We went through the rest of the evening and that is how we actually really met okay. because we started that, that is... together at Otto's. You know, so much life well, has you happened were since then. still in a stage of your life that you were dating women. Oh, yeah. You no, did for I was, a long time, which I, I did, too. I, I, yeah. I dated women till I was 23. Yeah, I, I came out a little later than that. I was engaged to a really wonderful woman oh. who we're friends now, and she's a very talented actress. Heartbreaking. Uh, pardon me? Heartbreaking. Oh, no, no, no. It, 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 it worked out for the best for ever. She's got an amazing husband, she great kids. She's miserable right now, and Michael would be broke, because she'd just be like, this is true. all your money. <laughs> and now, but now she's writing these amazing <laughs> one-woman plays. She wrote a, a very successful one called Under the Jello Mold. Her name okay. is Jenny Fawn. Okay. And uh, I would probably have a play written about me at this point, I had we married. Jenny Fawn. You yeah. do, and her I, husband Jonathan and I, I did cartoons together. I worked with Jenny Fawn on a project. Oh, yeah. fun. Okay. And so then, Lovely. But Andy, Andy, uh, she doesn't have a sister. Jenny. Oh, her sister-in-law. Dor Dorothy, sorry, probably, or one of them. There's a lot of fonts. Um, and then Andy was uh, a lovely woman. She was the Oil of Olay woman for a few years. Oh, Remember those ooh, commercials? Yes. And enviable skin. She does. She's stunning and wonderful and talented. And, and we're all still good friends. Oil of Olay, Michael, yes. because today's <laughs> podcast is brought to you by Oil of Olay. 
Oil of Olay is great for your skin. Why don't you try it? We like to speak our sponsorships into being. You know, so. I love that. <laughs> I, I believe in visualization and verbalization, <laughs> yeah, so that's exactly. great. He's lucky. That's yeah. the secret. So that's how we met, and my life has never been the same. <laughs> so yeah, and then you and I, so you and I became friends. But you were an actor. Uh, all, for yeah. several years while we were friends. Yeah, I, I went well, saw you, you in a show. You both that's were right. involved in the Met Theater. Subsequent to that, yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. that's when I met you. Because you were producing... Oh, um, my goodness, your you're play. You are producing this... Uh, the first incarnation, yeah. and it was all these people doing monologues. That's right, that's it right. It was uh, Doug and Randall both did monologues. Barry and Clarinda Huffman. Ross and Peter Page. And Victoria Hoffman. All yeah. of these yeah. people. Yeah, that's right. Um, and that was fun. then later, then soon after that, you know, Doug's and Randall's pieces were very funny. They were And great. they were like, we want to do... A uh, you know, a, a, a play of our own, will you produce it to me? And, and I did. It was called Common Knowledge. And yeah, it, uh, it was wonderful. Played around the country. Is it never in Indonesia? For years. But they still There's could. There's still hope. There's still hope. Still could. I Especially mean, you know what? With Googleina. Make an offer. Yeah. <laughs> it's great, yeah. And then, you, like, you never know where lifelong friendships will start. So and this so has been great. your acting career, yeah. you, you worked... Uh, some, right? Yeah, you were on Star I, Trek I did, Voyager, Yeah, I did, you? I did a decent run. I, I, I saw that episode. I saw you in a play at the Taper? No, yeah, I was, in, at, yeah. I was at the South Coast Rep. I, I guess I quit Law, did Days of Our Lives, then did uh, a play at South Coast Rep, All Wilderness. Then That's what I, I did a play at the Taper called Space through uh, the Steppenwolf Company in, in Chicago. Uh-huh. And then I did Star Trek Voyager uh, and a couple of guest spots subsequent to that and then uh, segued into voiceover pretty quickly. So what was that like? What, because you you really made quite a living, you know, I did. on I was voiceover. Lucky. I was very fortunate. So you did um, commercials. And you cartoons. did like loop group things. Oh, forgot about that. Yeah, you know, you basically have to hustle yeah. a lot when yeah. you're starting out. So, in voiceover, the way I started was um, my friend Bob Bergen, who is the voice of Porky Pig, uh, was teaching a class and. He and I became friends when we were both tour guides at Universal Studios together in high school. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he's like, wait, you're acting now. Why don't you take my class? I took it. He's like, you could actually do this. Why don't you take a commercial class? And I, with Carol Day Kimball, I took a class. And between the two of them, I made a tape. And I literally just drove it all around town. And at that point, uh, an agent named Jeff Danis, who was at ICM, who now runs his own agency. It's been a while since I've done it, so I think it's called DPM, but I'm not sure called me, called me in, and said, hey, I heard your tape. And it's literally when you had cassette tapes. Right. And uh, in the days, uh, my latest 8x10 daguerreotype is ready. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And then I started working pretty quickly. I think my yeah. first radio commercial was for a promo for Wheel of Fortune. And then... What I, did you, do you remember it? Uh, Jeannie Elias and I did it, and I played her son, who was guessing answers. I don't recall what the commercial was. Uh, but it was, I was—I remember being so thrilled that that was my first paid voiceover gig, and I was like, "Holy cow!" And you get like what three hundred bucks at the point, at the way back with that. But I was like, "Wow, my career's starting." But then yeah. you ended up um, also doing like a bunch of animation and yeah. cartoons and some well-known things. Yeah, right? like, yeah. For a bit, I was—I uh, I, maybe I still am, but they haven't used the character. It was the voice of Robin Hood for Disney, you know, when he's like the fox and the hound. Okay. Did that. Uh, I was. The lead on Digimon for five years. 
uh, which is an anime show. I was on Naruto. I did a lot of anime. What is Digimon? Digimon is. Uh, I think I've heard of it. Uh, it's. I hope you have heard. Is it because anime? Today's podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Digimon. 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 <laughs> Available soon. Correct. It, it was a very We're popular. Bring Michael Reese back. Yeah. Very popular Japanese cartoon, uh-huh. and we dubbed it into English for many, many years. You okay. didn't do the Japanese? It didn't, oh. didn't. But then we did Cowboy Bebop, we did Naruto, so you did a lot of that. And then there were some other series that I did, and it was just a really great world. And then that segued into promo work. So I was the voice of the E! Channel That's for three years. I remember Michael yeah. used to drive Whoa, to What would you e, say? And he would do it like twice a week or once a week. He would he was go doing it every day. You were watching every day. E! Yeah, what, well, what they do. do. Next. Yeah, I, I remember some of those. I mean, <laughs> that was when I was writing for Boston Legal. So in the morning, I would record for E!, drive down to Boston Legal, write, come back home, and I was doing a pilot at the time, so I wrote the pilot, went to bed, went back to E, and that was every day. Which, which paid you better? Writing or um, I would say Boston Legal must have paid you uh, better. No, at yeah. that time... What a promo, great game. Because promo, promos, unless... Uh, I refused to go under contract where they'll say unlimited promos for the year. And because of that, they paid me every time I opened my mouth. Mm. So you would go in in the morning, and then the time I opened my mouth. mouth. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Oh, it's, uh, you know what? It's very yeah. um, Linda Evangelista. Exactly <laughs> from the house of Evangelista. Um, yeah. So uh, I would do. It was when the girls next door was popular, and there were two voices for you. I was the younger voice. So I would do like 10 promos and 50 tags a day. So you get like, I don't know, 300 bucks per promo and 100 bucks per tag. And you do it every day. Oh, that's a That was amazing. Goddamn. Certainly worth working it into your schedule. It worked as, out. As, it worked yeah. out. You know, um, friend, friend of this is happening, Paul Bartholomew. Yes, I know Paul. still the voice of Ellen. Really? There you go. Yes. Been doing it yes. Since the beginning. Well, I mean, I, I knew him because he, he was. He me a house at this point. He was managed by um, by Harding oh, that's Jones. Right. And he um, was he was no. the next door neighbor. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Paul's Paul a good guy. I saw Paul Bartholomew uh, recently. He and I were up for the same role for <laughs> something at Sony not too too long ago, and well, neither of us got it. But anyway, back mm. to Michael Reese's. Well, so okay, yes. you are from. Southern California. You're from Born and Los raised Angeles. in LA, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that kind of gathered that when you were saying. Yeah. I mean, I knew that too. But um, so you grew up kind of, you know, around the business. It was happening around you. Yeah. It's sort of like cars are to Detroit as yeah. Hollywood is to LA. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but you didn't go straight there. No. Um, you were like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Well, I was told I was going to be a lawyer. <laughs> you, you, yeah. I, yeah. Know, I, I get that, too. I mean, my parents wanted me to be a lawyer. Yeah. And I, I went through a lot of those motions, but didn't yeah. Yeah. Um, c- follow through with it. Um, so, um, And where- Michael went to college on the East Coast, okay. which, is, which is sort of rare. Now that I've met a lot of um, yeah, Angelinos, they stayed they're like, nearby. oh, they either went to USC or UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, a lot the of flip side of that. Yes. Some people yes. want to be like, let me check somewhere else Well, I'd out. never seen snow. And right. so the first time I saw snow was freshman year in college. Just Where did you go? I went to Georgetown Michael. undergrad and I went to law school at UCLA. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, Georgetown, beautiful, beautiful. Stunning. Loved um, it. Our reunion's coming up next year. Oh. I'm going. You're, 50th? <laughs> yes. Our, our five-year reunion's coming up. Yeah, you can't miss those early ones. I'm going to go. Yeah. I am going to go. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I've been to my some college reunions. They're, they're really it's nice. Yeah. I go to my nice. high school ones, but I haven't been to my college ones. 
I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see how my Are you still in touch with, with a lot of people? Yeah, in each phase of my life, I pick up like five or six people that sort of stick. So I play poker with my high school friends every week, and then I, I see some law school friends, and uh, I see a, a, I'm in touch with a bunch of college friends. To which institution do you donate money? All of them. You do? I do. Oh, well done. Not a, an immense amount, but I figured they helped me so I can help them. Yeah. That's good. How about I mean, you, Eric? I donate to, to Penn, where I, my college. Um, I, I haven't been able to bring myself to donate to Horace Mann uh, after all of the scandals and things. It was in the news. There's a lot of pedophilia going on while I was there. Ooh, um, and probably it was happening everywhere, I guess. But it was certainly famously happening. It was in the New Yorker, the New York Times. And with people that were my teachers, and there was one person, I wasn't really, um, you know, abused. But I, someone did act inappropriately towards me. Really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was my... my um, uh, and it takes he, a dark turn. He, but, and well, yet explains I, so much. No, it was it was so nothing. But I was in tenth grade, and this you know this old Chinese gentleman who was a brilliant teacher, he was an English teacher, um, and you know we just finished the class, and all throughout the year he would always be like, it's like, oh you look luminous in that sweater, you know, um, and I would be like, thanks, thanks whatever. Um, <laughs> I wish you all could see the expressions. <laughs> um, but you know he was retiring, and it was the hundredth, it was the centennial of Horace Mann, and. There was a big cocktail party outside on the lawn, and I went up to him and I said, you know, thank you, you know, uh, Tech Lin, or, you know, Mr. Lin. Um, you know, I, I thought your class was amazing. And as we're he's talking... He's probably dead now. He's not. Oh, really? Um, as we were talking, he put his hand in my back pocket. <gasps> you know, oh, my God. cocktail party. He like, was mugging you. And kept it there the entire... <gasps> and I just was like, what the fuck? You know, I'd like... I didn't know what to do. I was in 10th grade. I was 16. Um, My creep factor just went skyrocketing. It just was very, very disturbing. And I did go to a... He he did way worse things to other people. Did you tell people? I did tell my parents, I think. Um, And... But he had retired. You know, it was like, what were were we going to do? You know, like... Well, we can um, certainly besmirch his character here. Well, I mean... The New Yorker did that. You know, it's it, he's it's um, oh, there was an article um, about Horace Mann that, that he is fully exposed in. Before this happened, though, before the the New Yorker article happened, he was supposed to be at some alumni event, you know, here, and I saw that he was going to be there. It was the only reason I went. I just wanted to like say like what the fuck, you mm. know, um, and then he didn't show up. So, um, you know, I was like, uh, whatever. It's so, it is, I have to say, it is such a weird feeling. You know, I had such a fondness for my high school. And just in the last year, there was a a big scandal at Friends, a huge story in the New York Times about one of uh, the teachers that I had. Yeah. And... I read about that. Yeah, I mean, it it made me so sad. Interestingly, our uh, alumni association really got together... um, and we all kind of were on the same front, and, and the teacher actually is is back at work at Friends because uh, they, there was a ruling that his behavior was not um, inappropriate enough mm-hmm. to fire him and whatnot. But well, I mean, it, things. Uh, it, it, it is weird now in 2019 when you you go back and you sort of discover 
a layer of things that were going on. I mean, you know, but we I, knew about some of it back then. Yeah, I mean, for like, sure. It, I have friends who had affairs with some of our teachers. You know, wow. while we were at school, but I used there, to go drinking there with was some of whole, my teachers. Yeah, I, I did too. I feel so shielded. I was there was a whole like tournament. kind of cabal, you know, at at Horace Mann. And I thought um, you were gonna say kebab, and I was gonna say, well, I am. You hungry. know, there was a guy who was my seventh grade English teacher, a history teacher, and he also like kind of like was trying to part-time coach the swim team which I also was on and uh, you know he was kicked out for something um, inappropriate behavior and then he did something worse at the next place and he killed himself the next year Michael um, are you getting ideas you know so now Michael's a big old writer this is Michael this is yes. like a we, we don't need to dwell any further on this nonsense um, yeah Michael just take all of it um, Ta- I think it was oh, tackling going into the well, no, I mean, you can certainly, uh, you know, read all about it, but it's, it's, it's deeply disturbing. And, and you know what? Law & Order SVU has, has done it sure. already. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> they always, like, rip their things from the headlines, and they did do something about this. Anyway, yeah. you grew up here. I did. Then you went to Georgetown. Yeah. Then you came back to UCLA, which is a great law school. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah I loved law school. Uh, I loved yeah. it. Did you pass the bar? I did, and I practiced And you were practicing, yes. And where, yeah. did you join many, a firm? I and you were a really, I, I loved Junior associate? Yeah, I was at a firm called Shepard, Muller, and Richter, and Hamlet. Oh, well, that's a very well-known firm. Uh, but I was curious, before we get to today's sponsorship, <laughs> yes. uh, how many times did you take the bar? Once. Just the once. So I you would didn't like, need three. So like friends of the podcast some. who are also friends of the Real Housewives of Orange County, I know at least seven of you. If Michael Reese, whom I have known for years, and while not dumb, is n- not a genius, <laughs> if he oh could God. pass the bar on the first time, can you guys believe that Shane has taken the bar four times and has not passed? That's just that shows you what an idiot Shane is. It's Thank a hard you. test. Is it? They do say the California bar. Michael is, is crazy abso- hard. Abso- Michael is a- actually quite smart. Smart. And, and, yeah, and, he's and, not a genius. And I, I hold that, my own. Well, I think that you're also probably very dedicated. You know, like when you were taking the bar, I'm sure you took it seriously. Yeah. And you studied yeah. for it and you prepared for it. Yeah. And you're like, I'm all past this thing, and you did. <laughs> Everybody I know, I got know. this. <laughs> You yeah. take your, your prep class over the summer, and you literally, I, uh, I was living at my parents' house at the time, and uh, took out all my phones, all my TVs, everything out of my room. Yeah. You wake up in the morning, you go to the gym, you come home, and literally, you just study all summer yeah. from 8 in the morning to 8 at night, you go to bed, you repeat. Yeah. And so, and then, it's a, it's a three-day test, and yeah. it's a nightmare. Um, and you, you leave thinking you failed. And I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, back then, you didn't get noticed. I'll date myself. There wasn't a lot of internet or email back then. Yeah. And so there back then, you had to um, <laughs> phone in to get your results. Oh. And I remember... Correct. And I remember on a Friday, the, the bar results come out, and it's just the most brutal thing ever. And if you don't pass, you've already started your job at the firm. They'll put you in like a subcategory and make you study again. You can't litigate. You can't. So it's like this: you might lose your job. They kind of demote you, and then yeah. you're on your way out if you fail again. <clears throat> Basically, yeah. And um, I'm sitting there, and my mom and my dad. And my dad has been a lawyer his entire life. We were raised to be lawyers. Willard. You know, yes, Willard and Sharon. They're still alive. We just threw my dad's 90th birthday for him. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he's that doing amazing. great. And uh, they're wow, really great guys. Love my parents. 
And um, they're standing at my door watching me as I call in for the results. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, my last name is spelled a little askew, as you guys have mentioned. Yes, it has a silent Z. There's a silent Z at the oh, end. Oh, is it silent? I've been pronouncing it for the last 25 years. I know. Oh, Michael Reese's? It's adorable that you do, but no, it's like, like it the candy bar. <laughs> so I call in, and I was like, hey, uh, I want to get my results. Give me your last name. Uh, it's Michael Reese. And they go, they're looking in the silent sounds, and they're like, Oh, sir, I'm just so, so sorry you're not on the list. And I see my mom's chin quivering, and I'm like, what? And my dad is shaking. And I'm like, are you sure? They're like, you're not here. And I'm like, could you please check again? I'm like starting to cry. You and didn't think to spell it. And then, well, and then I said, <laughs> I told you, he's not a genius. I said, yeah, I guess <laughs> in that moment it was. That. And then I said, uh, <laughs> it's spelled a little differently than normal. She's like, oh, how do you spell it? R E I S Z. And then she's like, oh, there you are. And then celebration of the Reese household. Okay. It was yes. funnier in my head. And, and in your no, 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 but that, no, but that's and, and in your yeah. professional career. Yeah, that's no, it worked out. So, it but take out. me through that process. Like after three years of working as a lawyer, Jeffrey yeah. Mullen, things are going well. Like you, you're on good. track. Yeah. You know, so for for, yeah. for a career. And it's a great firm. Were you a Love litigator? I was a bankruptcy you... litigator and a banking and finance transactional attorney. Okay. Both. Oh, well, that's yeah. a good mix. That's a lot to put in a business card. <laughs> right. It was. It was a lot. So, um, but yeah, sure. Um, so. But in the back of your mind, you'd always wanted to be an actor? Well, there's or... a little thing that was going on sort of behind the scenes in yes. my free time. Um, when I was at UCLA, I gave the uh, graduation speech for whatever reason my class asked me to, to give the speech. And I gave the speech, um, and there was a commercial agent in the audience, because I guess her cousin was graduating with me. And at the end of our law school graduation, she came up to me, and she said, have you ever thought of doing commercials? Mm. I was like, you're at my law school graduation. <laughs> She's like, well, if you can get yourself into SAG, I'd like to represent you. I was like, you're crazy. I'm going on my post-bar trip, and I'm going to be a lawyer. Bye-bye. But I'd always loved acting. I'd studied it in college. My ex-fiancé at the time, or my fiancé at the time, uh, was uh, girlfriend, fiancé, whatever you want to call her uh, at that moment. Um, she was acting. I was like, this could be kind of fun. So I kind of got these horrible headshots on the sly. Went on my post-bar trip. Were they, and I, were they black and white? They were black and white. Were they, they were glossy. Oh, they were terrible in my hand. My feathered hair, and you know, you would you pop your eyes with the digital whatever. Oh, we're getting our hands on these. Yeah, <laughs> listeners. Please, oh, they're they're on please, they're please online somewhere. Them. Horrible, horrible stuff. We shall online. post them. Please. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, I had three weeks between getting back home yeah. from the post-bar trip and starting work at Shepherd Mullen, and I was like, well, how do I do this? And actually. I guess I think it's a funny story. Um, I, I heard you could do extra work to get into SAG, and if mm. I got into SAG, she'd represent me. I go down to Central Casting, and it was Cenex for the non-union people, and uh, I do uh, the original 90210 way back when. I'm a, oh, I was God. an extra, uh, and then I was like, I didn't get my SAG voucher. So I turned to a friend of mine, Deanna, who was there, and she's like, oh, no, 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 you need to get these SAG vouchers. Otherwise, you just get your non-union pay. So they call me for another day, and I said, how do I get a SAG voucher? And the woman at Sanex was like, well, you need to get us to know you. So, and I was like, well, how do I get you to know me? She's like, some people attach lollipops to their headshots. I was like, how about if I come in and meet you? And she's like, fine, but I'm busy. And we're still friends now, this woman and I. And uh, I said, do you want the gig tomorrow for extra work or not? And I said, no, I'll pass on that. I'd rather come in and meet you. And I bake good cakes. So I baked her a cake. And I went in and I, I, I said, I'd like to speak to Jody. And she came out and she was about to blow me off. She's like, thanks for the cake. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Don't we get to talk and chat? She says, okay, fine. Where have you studied? 
And I was like, I'm going through all my acting classes at right, this point. Right. She's like, no, 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 no. Everybody here is an actor. What else have you done with your life? And I go, well, I'm a practicing attorney. And she goes, seriously? I'm applying to law school. Oh, my God. And then she pulled me back to her, her <laughs> office. And I said, well, where are you applying? And she said, I really want to go to UCLA. I'm like, I was on the admissions committee, and I know all of them. Mm. There was nothing illegal done, I said. And so I sort of gave her advice on how yeah. to fill out her application. And then she helped me spot, like when a, a SAG voucher came it. up, she would think of me if I was right for it. And I was like, I had, this is going to sound bad, but I had a really, really dark tan from my post-bar trip. Like, re I get really, 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 really dark. Where did you go? We uh, Cancun. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And so, super, super dark. Um, and uh, I ended up playing a Mexican gang member in a Corey Feldman, Aaron Gray movie. Who looks more like a Mexican gang yeah. member and I was than like, And I was Michael like, Reeves. oh my God. So that was the job that got me my SAG card. So you took the job away from some I know, that's hopeful a... <laughs> Latino, but at the same time, just it just makes you feel any better, Michael. politically incorrect. It was horrible, and I apologize. It makes you feel any better. The character I played on ER was Jorge Rivera. So there you go. just FYI, this when pale Upper East Side Jew played Jorge and Rivera. And for the record, when I'm casting my shows now, we don't do that anymore. It doesn't happen. Damn it. Sorry, it doesn't happen now. We are. There you go. Sorry. Then <laughs> you've been on a bunch of my shows. Yes, yes. My, you've been I, on three of them, uh, I think. I've, I've worked under uh, on shows that Michael has. There's written. one yeah. of them that's called Popular, right? No, Privileged. Oh, no. Privileged. Privileged with oh, Lucy Hale. Yeah, you were Lucy's teacher. teacher. You were recurring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mr. Carp. That's right. My name was because Mr. I was. There you I, go. Mean, I when saw I went, you remember that. Yeah. When, when, <laughs> when I wrote the episode, <laughs> do you know where the name came from? I, well, a chorus I'm line. I'm going to guess it was from a chorus line. Yeah. Mr. Carp would say, very good, except Morales. Try so Morales. you used yes. yeah, those sorry. weeks before you started at Sheffer Mullins. To do extra work. Um, to, to successfully find a way to get your SAG card. So I got my SAG card. Very, uh, very enterprising. Yeah, very uh, yeah. Liana. For a Latino. Yeah, uh, gang member. Gang right. member. I phase me. Oh. Um, yeah, so I got, she signed me. Yeah. And I was like, what? So I started work. And then, so on the side, you were always like auditioning. Going to auditioning. I see. But, and and Shepard Mullen at the time didn't really know it, but it was on my free time, so I never conflicted with work. And it ended up working out. Like on a lunch break, I would go audition, and within like two months, I booked a national campaign for Comp USA. Uh, I don't think they exist anymore. I'm not sure. If you do, I'm sorry. And uh, if you do exist, do. welcome aboard as yeah. a sponsor. Of <laughs> this is happening. Comp USA. <laughs> Fast forwarding to. Um, it was That's just a very public moonlighting because people could see you. Well, here's the funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and it was during. It was during, and my parent, my family didn't know, and my my, oh, my so nobody wanted me. To, it was totally it's not secret. Not going to be on camera. It's going to be on television. What about the clients who were like, "Is that our lawyer's well, computer?" Yeah. So, uh, lucky for me, they shot like my call times were at 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. So I would sleep at the office, go shoot the commercial, come back to the office, do my thing. Uh, long story short. Well, one guy in the mailroom was like, were you on the CompUSA commercial? I'm like, get in my office. And I was like, keep it quiet. And then my dad saw it, and he's like, what is this? And then we worked through that. And then um, serendipity happened, and, and, and uh, I had done some more commercials on the sly and um, without conflict to Shepard Mullen. Um, and uh, a, a summer camp counselor of mine mm -hmm. was producing Days of Our Lives at the time. Okay. And he saw one of the commercials, and he's like, are you acting now? Do you want to come in and read for this thing? And I ended up booking this teeny, teeny, tiny recurring gig. 
uh, but it lasted for about a year, like uh, like under five Manuel years. Manuel Garcia. <coughs> no, I was like Mike, it? the delivery guy. When oh. when um, oh. um, uh, Merlina was lawyer. correct. Delivering things. I'll never forget. Because um, we, we we could create our schedules at the law firm so long as we um, got our work done. Yeah. And didn't right, miss anything. Right. And I'll never forget. It was Mike, the town delivery guy, when Marlena was possessed by the devil, <laughs> and I would be her minion, and they would dress me up like an evil elf, and as in my little <laughs> evil elf costume, I was writing a motion for summary judgment in my dressing room. Oh my god! And then I quickly got out. And well, who better to write a motion for summary judgment than an, than evil, an evil elf? elf. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That, that, that yes. MSJ is gonna win. The, the moral of the story is you, you do what you gotta do to make it work. And then when it stopped working, um, when fortunately acting stuff started becoming more regular, I, I, I quit the law firm. And they still tell me today that I'm the only person, they asked me which firm I was going to, uh, and I said, Days of Our Lives. And, <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And That's so kind of how it started. Were you. So were you much happier? Did, did you like, oh, I finally find. I, I yeah. f- finally. Finally found my calling, or yeah. like what I wanted to be doing. Yes. Although, and then, then you took a further journey, obviously, towards really maybe what you were always meant to be doing, which is storytelling and writing and producing. Is, is that you figure it out on the way? Yeah. Is that yeah? <coughs> well, you went. If I remember yeah. correctly, you went through the writing program at Warner yeah. Brothers. Yeah, I did the Warner Brothers. That, the that Warner was, Brothers Drama Writers I Workshop. I feel like. I, I, we were friends at the time. Yeah. I feel like that is when you That's when sort started. of made the commitment like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a writer now. Yeah. Um, How did you start writing? Did you just write a spec script? or Sort of. It was weird. Um, doing a lot of commercials, doing a lot of cartoons. And you, you attended some of these things. I would have once a month people over to my house to do play readings. Like we would read oh, yeah. plays and we would cook dinner and just be artsy fartsy. And it was mm-hmm. kind of fun. Mm-hmm. There was a commercial strike in the early 2000s where- oh, I remember it well. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. And a lot of us had a lot of free time. And so I wrote, for the fun of it, a, a movie um, called Don't You Forget About Me, about a serial killer stalking and killing the Brad Pack. Uh, and it was just a comedy oh, horror movie. Would have that been made? That sounds it, great. Well, it was super fun. It's still not purchased yet and available if you want it. Um, yeah, but Rob but, Lowe's a little old for it now. But we, I, got, I got plans for <laughs> it. We'll fix it. We'll fix it. But the thing is, uh, a friend of mine named Becky was dating a producer at the time or hanging out with him. I'm not quite sure what they were doing. Uh, but a really nice guy named Brad Luff, who is still, I'm still in touch with, who was working with Neil Moritz at the time. Uh, oh, and I know, I know. He, they called me at home because Becky took my script after she read it and handed it to him without telling me. And he's like, did you ever write this? Did you write this? I said, yeah, how do you have it? Becky gave it to me. Long story short, he's like, well, we can't make this, but what else do you have? I said, nothing, I'm an actor. I don't, and I didn't plan on being a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, well, you're a lawyer and you're an actor. You've got stories. Um, have you ever heard of the Warner Brothers Drama Writers Workshop? Mm-hmm. And I said, no. He said, well, write a spec of your favorite TV show and send it in. And I had a month to do it, so I wrote a West Wing. And I sent it in. And I said, well, if I get in then this is a sign and I got in and what I ultimately realized was that acting was fun but like you sit in your dressing room and I got bored and I was frustrated and you didn't have MSJs to write anymore I didn't <laughs> I didn't very good on the MSJs um, yeah no I didn't have those to write anymore 
And then I realized, oh, I want to do the whole world instead of just being a part of it. Yeah. Um, and it was, it's been super fun. What was and your first paid writing gig? Tarzan uh, on the WB. I remember, I remember when you put you got that job right after the yeah. writers. Program. They got me to Endeavor. Did you even? I don't even remember that show, Tarzan. I don't remember it either. They lasted eight episodes. It was with Tra- Travis Fimmel. For a for a for a young gay, it must have been fun. I was not out yeah, there. Yeah, my I, oh yeah. my god, you this stayed is, in for so, so long. We will be discussing this, especially will as we? national. Coming out day oh, is Lord. coming up. It, we're gonna go as far as Michael I, is willing to go. Well, I, well, I, I did an it gets better it, when I was running Shadowhunters. I did an it gets better video, so it's out there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm well, out. you could share your story with us. I mean, yeah. you stayed in for a very long time. I came yeah. out, I think, of thirty. So I, so you were. Oh, you know what? I'm remembering this. Yeah, now. I think it was thirty. Because I think that this mystery, like the Kathy, it Rankin, really wasn't that mysterious. Um, well, but well, it, was, it was me. It was, like, it was a mystery to me too. Yeah, because I also I thought Michael was cute. This is I, how he this is how I, I was figuring myself out. This is how I remember too. When I met you, I was like, wait, what? He's straight. I mean, oh. Okay, maybe. I mean, if you if you say so, I don't but know. But then Michael <laughs> was ready to come out, and I. I you, you, I was, I was sort of part of that you were journey. A big with one, Michael. Okay. Yeah. I think my folks were the last ones I told, um, and and which is, I, which I chat, is very. Common. It's a big deal, yeah. Very and common. I remember chatting with you about it. Um, I mean, thirty is late to come out. Thirty is late. Uh, and, your 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 parents are just like they they think they. They passed that period. Right, correct. Right. Saying, you know, correct. They're thinking about and my parents are great. They're like, kids. they love my partner. I mean, no, it's of course, just yeah. Of course, but but, um, but you, you, everybody has their own journey. Everybody has their own fears or whatever, rational or not. And I, I relate to that. Yeah. I waited until I was about to turn twenty-seven to come out to my parents, and their reaction was terrible. And it, and it, you know that wasn't great. Yeah, so, sorry um, about that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I mean, and then I, I kind of deliberately moved to L.A. Mm. at that moment to yeah. um, working on a film. And, and Michael doesn't have that luxury since his parents live yeah. very but close. They, well, he could have moved somewhere else. Oh, that's never going to mean there's there's stories that I'm not going to share on this. That of course you know um, we'll go in a script one day. But uh, they have ultimately been amazing. You know, they've right. embraced Jeff. It was it was challenging just, you know, at first. A little bit, for like the first few months, it was challenging. Yeah, and I think a lot of it was also your own sort of inner service. Yeah, it was a lot of stuff with me, correct. Yeah, but we we had a drink before at you, Obar. You, uh, oh, I remember Obar. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, no. We oh, had, no, no, no. We had a drink yeah, elsewhere. I, I gave you like a coaching. And you told me right? that a friend of yours had come out, and you, this is how she did it. Yeah. She said, "Mom, I've got great news, and this is wonderful." And just to phrase it in all positive terms. Right, because then um, your parents have nowhere to go. Like, right. Because they, they they always say they just want you to be happy, and you lead by telling them how happy you are that this has happened, and then it kind of puts it onto them. Well, that's that's a very smart tactic, but it's hard. Hard to do when you're struggling with yeah, uh, I, I with it yourself. Yeah. But we did go out to celebrate. That's that was when you, Chris Lasada, yeah. and I went to Obar, and I'm like, Chris Lasada, another a friend of this is happening, or is he not a friend? He has, he's a good friend. He's, he's a, he's well, been yeah, a guest. I know he's a friend of ours, but he's been a guest. Of, uh, yeah. he has been a guest. And I remember I called you and I said, "Well, I did it," mm-hmm. and you said, "Stay where you are. Chris and I are coming to pick you up." And you got, or oh we're God, gonna so kind of, me. yeah. You, were, you you dropped know, again. That does not sound. No, I know. Usually you're pretty snarky it. and horrible, but, you, but this time you were really wonderful. And um, you, if it were today, I'd be like, I'm sending an Uber. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you didn't pick me up because I lived in the valley and you wouldn't go to a one eight. But he might have also just been like, new number, who dis? Why, why, <laughs> right. why are you calling me? What do you want? <laughs> Unsubscribe. And anyway, we said we need yes, to drink, we met, and, and we yes. yeah, we and we got drunk, and I'm sure I did not drive home drunk. Nope. 
We all want. That's her. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but then and yeah, you know, and, and how that how much that has changed your trajectory in your life. Now yeah, I think once you you're living your authentic life, there's like when, I've always believed that if you can confront the thing that scares you the most that you think is going to end your life and it doesn't, then there's really nothing you can't do. And that once I did that, then my career skyrocketed, my relationship skyrocketed, you know, and we, I've just been very fortunate. We grew up in a time where there wasn't, you know, tons of examples of, yeah. you know, out, gay, healthy, loving themselves people. Yeah. There wasn't in the media, you know, like it was all pre-Will and Grace, pre-Pre, right, right. pre, um, you know, all well, these other of, things, whatever. As for the media, one of the things that you, you mentioned Will and Grace, one of the things that I'm really proud of like in terms of what we all do mm-hmm. is we help move the conversation forward yeah before will and grace it just wasn't talked about i remember on 30 something they made people sleep with a leg on the floor and you, like, you, there was a scandal when two men were sleeping in the same bed just sleeping oh yeah. peter frechette that's right and it was a big deal that. and it was like wow abc did that and they lost advertisers then will and grace came on and it moved the country forward because people who otherwise weren't exposed could be like, oh, I can be friends with them. I get it. So it was huge. Also, it was yeah. so disarming. You know the way that that they played it. It was, um, it was very uh, sweet in a way and necessary advice. for that time. Yeah, it, yeah, that's what helped push the needle. No, it absolutely did so, because people like you see these people on TV and it's just like. Oh, they're fine. You know, yeah, that's I don't, right. nothing to be scared of. They're not horrible. I want to hang out with them. Yeah, it's like they're forward, funny. Yeah, fast forward to now. We're EPing Shadowhunters, and one of the long storylines is uh, an interracial, interspecies, uh, coming out <laughs> gay romance where two men ultimately get married. It's a, the, a, a warlock of color and a, a late coming out Caucasian warrior. Um, and wait, their wait, story, Warlock of, of color, color, played by yeah. Harry Shum Jr. And from Glee. From Glee. Yeah. And Crazy and Rich Asians. And Crazy Rich Asians, yes. Oh, he end. is in that, he's yeah. A, yes, he is. Do you know he's got, uh, like, second <laughs> billing? Because in the sequel, having read the trilogy of books, he is, uh, he doesn't even have a, a single line of dialogue in the first film. And he's not in the first film. He's only in the closing credits. The moment. And he has 14 seconds in the closing credits. Yeah. That's it. But he has second billing in the film. Because in the sequel, he that character has a very, very large part. Yeah. I saw that on a plane and loved it. It's great. Crazy, Crazy Rich Yeah. It's um, really good. Kudos uh, to Adele Lim for standing up for herself, by the way. Yes. And you know. Pat and turning, she left the, the yeah. sequel because her She's not getting Caucasian pay. counterpart was offered. Now, he's times. been very gracious. He's, he's oh, not I, to blame at all. You know what? I saw this headline but didn't read but, it. I but know what you mean. What about, what's her name, who was kind of bitchy in Con- her tweets? Constance uh, Wu? Constance Wu? Yeah, oh, but I like when her. Fresh Off the Boat got renewed and she was like, oh, fuck. I think, I think that was misunderstood to a degree. Uh, and, and, and I hesitate to, to comment on things that are just I've known through Twitter because yeah. I don't really know the context. Oh, I, I, well, I trust everything <laughs> on Twitter. And, and if not Twitter, I learned the actual source of yeah. People Magazine. She's unbelievably talented, though. She She's, is. She and, is. And People Magazine, thanks again for your sponsorship of This Is Happening, the mm-hmm. podcast. The reason I brought up Shadowhunters was... We, we did that storyline, and be, it was the first time within, um, it was the first time within uh, a sci-fi show and a genre show that it was really, the, the idea of a gay relationship was really explored. Mm. Cut to, we start getting letters from moms in Iowa saying, thank you for this, my son is big on the mortal instruments, 
Uh, he's a big Malik fan, which is the the ship of those two characters. And he, we were getting distanced, and we watched the show together. And my son came out to me. Oh. Because these kids who mm. otherwise don't have support or resources, and are really into sci-fi and are really into genre, they could share that with their parents. And then say, that's, I, I identify with that. We got all these letters from parents and kids thanking us from places that, oh, like we live that. in New York, like New York, LA, that uh, there's a lot of resources. It's amazing, the, the <clears> impact. <throat> and then I'm sure even three or four people came out as warlocks. Yes. I mean, just species warlocks. There you go. I look at what Pose is doing. Oh my God, well, RuPaul's oh, Drag yeah. Race Unbelievable is doing. stuff. Unbelievable just, stuff. You know, it's pushed to gain. It's yeah. so, and it's so good, you know, it's just so good for like younger people, you yeah. know, just like to be, well, like, not have so many hang-ups. My, 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 my nephew uh, can date whomever he wants to date. He is straight. Um, but, um, it's a phase, Michael. It's a phase. Yeah, I know. A great kid, and I was asking him because um, he's into the arts and da 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 da. And I was like, "Well, what's the the scene like? Like, what what are the pressures?" And he's like, "No one really cares anymore. At least where he's going to school, it's like I feel that like, and it, it's so different than we were in high school. Like, yeah, people don't They're really fluid. care about these. Labels. He's like, what's the big deal? He's like, yeah, just love who you love and be nice to people. Exactly. I think sexual fluidity. I've got a great is, it's, the I mean, it's, um, you know, gay marriage is legal, you know, across the nation. I think my nephew nation. has a girlfriend now, um, but even the dudes with girlfriends are like, we don't care. Like, nobody cares who you're dating. It's just be nice and be happy yeah. and treat people with respect. And I'm like, something has shifted and it's really, really cool. Yeah. That, anyway. that, no, that is really cool. I love that. So um, you... Yes. See, Boston Legal seems that was like one a of my really gigs. good gig for you because you were a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and was, was David Kelly also a lawyer? Was he that was. His he was, yeah. I thought so because he came from L.A. Law. He practiced for three years too. Oh, there you yeah. go. So what was it like firm? working with no. him? Oh, okay. cool. I learned so much. I would think. I learned so much. He's uh, brilliant. Yeah. Like, the way you break a story, the way you look at a story, the way you can do a twist on a story. Um, he, he taught me that... If and he ran make, that writer's room? So you were, like, uh, learning Janet directly Lady, from him? Janet, well, okay. He was the head honcho. Right, right. The executive producer that ran our writer's room was an amazing writer uh-huh. uh, named Janet Leahy, who's still out there writing. She's a freaking genius. She's one of my mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on Mad Men for years. She's just incredible. Mm. But what I learned from all of them is if the minute you can make someone laugh... They let their guard down, and you can take them on any ride you want. Like, mm. in an episode, someone can laugh and cry in a David Kelly show. And then it can be absurd, and then it can come back. And if you do it in a grounded, emotional, really cool way, people will go along for the ride. The cool thing is, um, I, got to sh- I got to name a judge after my dad, mm. who complained about casting. And then, um, <laughs> and then we won a Peabody Award. I, I, have a little, I got a little award. Oh, my God. And I got to show it to my mom. So now she can point to that and be like, okay, it's, it's working out. Right. And what was that for? What was the Boston story? Legal. And um, what was the... It was for the full season oh. of season two, I want to say. And uh, I, I helped introduce the character that Christian Clemenson played. That was one of the first times an Asperger's character became a regular yeah, he won two Emmys. He won two Emmys because yeah. of it. Yeah. And he was modeled after a guy that I was a lawyer with. Um, oh, and amazing. So, yeah. Um, it's just been, that was a really great experience. And some amazing writers came out of that. Mm-hmm. So, met a lot of really good people. Then I just did a whole bunch of other shows, and then we went on strike, and then I started more shows, and I did some pilots, and then I wrote a movie, and now I'm here. Do you have any thoughts that you can share about what's happening with the writers and the agencies? And, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's... I can't believe that it's like so protracted. I mean, I understand like the is- issues on both sides, mm-hmm. but like 
resolve it. Like, well, why don't you explain explain in, in two sentences what you're talking about first? Um, most of the agencies are feuding with writers, and uh, a lot of writers have left their agencies uh, because of packaging fees. Uh, because you know, writer, uh, agencies you know got into the business of selling whole shows as they were created and and packaging it, and so then they were kind of aligned with the buyers of the shows to. Um, pay writers less, especially lower-level writers. So, I mean, isn't, isn't that kind of the gist of I, it? I, I, maybe you would know better. This is your Yeah, it's a hard thing to sort of... I'm describing it's, it's a hard it a thing to discuss. Way. It's a hard thing to me. really... They, totally uh, lost. Oh, I'm sorry. I think the relationship between a writer and their agent is really, really important. And so mm-hmm. it, it goes on two levels. Uh, you have a personal relationship with them, and, you, you know, at the same time, um, there are legal issues and other issues relating to packaging and uh, agencies forming their own production companies yeah where which they're prohibited from doing this supposedly but they have it it's this weird thing they've gotten out of it sort of kind of got around it uh, yeah yeah and it's just it's too long for a podcast to really go into but what I will say is um, the I do believe the sides should keep talking which they're trying to do yeah um I can say what I personally believe um, without, and I and I believe the the other there are two factions within the 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 writers guild because we're having an election now that's going to be announced I believe next week. Right. Um, some uh, supported by some very high profile showrunners um, want to take uh, the current administration uh, out and and replace them uh, and get back to the the bargaining table on a platform that, to me, is a little bit confusing. Um, But I think they're all Mm -hmm. well-intentioned. And I think the leadership has really analyzed it and surveyed the entire guild. And 7,000 of the, I think, 85... 7,000 of the 8,000 writers in uh, the Writers Guild have left their agents. Wow. Um, So it's a 95% support. Yeah. Yeah. And... um, the, the the issues come down to are the people that are representing you also going to be the people who decide how much you get paid? Right. And there's just a conflict of interest there. That's um, kind of what I was trying to say. But yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's complicated to go into here. Um, I hope it gets resolved soon. I do support the current administration. I think it's really important. If you're part of a union, you need to support your union mm-hmm. and back them. And But also, there should be avenues where people should be able to freely express their disagreements and they should not be attacked for that. Yeah, I mean, I think the Guild has correctly identified (laughs) a tricky issue where there are conflict of issue, you know, conflict of interest issues and they need to figure that out. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, disputes going on in terms of, like, you know, conglomerates owning, like, you know, a studio also owning most of Hulu and then selling something for, like, no money to Hulu and then you don't get any back-end participation and things like that. The whole world of it is changing. The whole world of it is changing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... What I will say, The economics of the entertainment business are completely changing. Yes. And and that's just the new world that we have to live in. What I will say, though, is, you know, um, when it gets personal, I think that's where it goes off the rails. Sure. Agents are not evil. They're not the bad guys. No. We can have disagreements with how we handle the professional relationship, and it should be handled 
as I think the current leadership is doing in a very professional way. Um, when it starts to get vitriolic and you have uh, uh, different, different sites that people are expressing their frustrations, I understand. Um, it, I, I think everybody, it will serve everybody if people treat each other with respect and continue the conversation, but stand by your guns and I, you know, I stand with the current leadership. Right. So. And, and you, you want to know that your agent has your best interests. That's correct. At heart. My agency has signed the agreement, so I'm with Verve. They've been great. My managers are great. My lawyers are great. So I've been lucky that I've kind of... Your team. My team. I, oh, I, you're, so your agency <clears throat> is not part of this dispute. They figured it out. They figured it out, you know, because um, they kept talking and they kept, you know, hearing the guild. and That's hearing, good. Yeah. That's lucky for you. Yeah. Because, I'm like, fortunate. Verve has been great. Yeah. Verve has been great. Industry has been great. Because you so. don't want to be in a dispute with your agents. I mean, your agents are your but, advocates. You know, look, I used to be at WME and they're fantastic too. I mean, I was just right. talking, like just socially with some of my friends who are agents at WME, and they're really good people. Of course. So it's like one of these things where... And I'm sure their clients feel that too. Yeah. Yeah, you know? it's a, it's a mean, hard thing for everybody. Yeah. Um, and it so, will it anyway, will get resolved it somehow. It definitely this will. This is like a thing that's it will. happening. I just think there's overwhelming support. Yeah. So <clears throat> talk to us yeah. about where you are right now. Yes. yes. Okay, cool. Um, it's been a good. You were breaking months. down some story things. I was. Um, I was as the yes, podcast was starting. I apologize. Listeners, before we started, Michael was on a highly confidential yes. call. Yes. All these plot Eric points. And I, Eric and I have heard what is <laughs> happening for the next like three seasons of whatever the hell Michael was talking there about. There may have been someone major. dying in a pool. Maybe. Maybe. I, I may have misheard. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. So talk to us a little bit about what you're um, doing. After Truth or Dare came out, I wrote a movie last year called Truth or Dare. Yeah, which Universal. was a huge hit. It, it did well. It did well. Can and I see it on a plane? You can. Okay, can I see it on a train? I'm going um, to be on a and plane. And on Amazon. Well, I'll see it there, too, but I'm just going to be <coughs> taking numerous um, uh, international flights um, fancy. starting on Saturday. Um, Very fancy. So I, I oh, right, you're off to Europe. I am you? off to Europe. My, my film, Creating Woodstock, is premiering at oh the Reeperbahn awesome. Festival in Hamburg. Congratulations. Thanks. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. It's a wonderful film. Thank you. Yeah. As I'm sure is... Truth or Dare. Truth or Dare. Tell us about Truth or Dare. I haven't seen it. I didn't see it either. Go see it. I need more residuals. It's a huge hit. So we can see it on Amazon? Yeah. We love Amazon because Amazon's been a sponsor of us for a long time. Lucy Hale, who is who? Oh, she's a former colleague of mine. She was one of my students on Pretty Little Liars. And she was Arya on Pretty Little Liars. She was the star of your show. Yeah. She was one of them, yeah. She was one of the And then, why am I forgetting names? The guy who played Teen Wolf. host of other. A lot of people who are much younger than me and much more attractive than me starred in it. Um, and it, it did well. Well, that's how movies do well, yes. Michael. <laughs> so it was a fun horror movie. I hear they're talking about a sequel. I'm not sure. Oh, are they? Potentially. Based on... There are rumors. Based on a... So you, that's a so, recipe for you to get paid again. Potentially. Whether or not you write on it. Subsequent to that, uh, <laughs> uh, I ended up jumping on a bunch of shows and helping them. So I helped launch a horror show for Hulu called Light as a Feather, okay. created by uh, Lee Fleming, an amazing writer. Fun. And a really good guy. And a really great writing staff. And then from that, I worked with John Scott Shepard on seasons four and five of a comedy called You, Me, Her. Uh, oh, I saw that. And it was, yeah. I, I loved doing that because it was an R-rated comedy about sexual dynamics, which was super fun. And, John, and have those aired yet, those They're seasons? on the Audience Network, and I think they're finally out of the U.S. They're going to be on Netflix, I think. Not 100% sure where they're in. Okay. In Canada, you can totally see it. Okay. But seasons um, four to five. 
Five, oh, five, four aired, five is coming up. Five is coming up. And, and then I did see, I helped season one of Charmed and then went back to Yumi Her. This is the reboot, reboot of Charmed. The reboot, correct. Yes. You know, I was in the original. You were. Charmed. And you were yes. shirtless. Playing some sort of demon. Yes. You were shirtless. I was a nerdy demon. I was in a unitard. Okay. That was one of your um, gigs thanks to Krista Burnoff, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, now, I wish it were. You know, Krista Didn't she actually, write for that? She, she did, did write for it and then she even wrote a character called uh, D- Demon Doug and casting was like no we're not interested in seeing him and she said no no I wrote it with this guy in mind they were like yeah no we're going a different way thanks so for then, that but no. so then Krista said to me you know <laughs> the, the way I'm going to get you on Charmed is if I don't say anything and so right. she didn't say anything and I <laughs> auditioned for a role and, and booked it yeah, yeah. So, amazing because they don't want to be told what to do exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. yeah things are good things are good now um I, uh, I'm doing. Uh, Are you we're creating about to shoot, new series? I am. Okay. I am. We're about to shoot. Uh, I don't, it's not really announced yet, so I don't know if I can say it. You don't say the word name. How about this? Three movies uh, based on novels by a writer that will be announced, best uh, best-selling novelist. We have three of this person's movies. Oh wow! Uh, that we're about to start shooting that will air on Lifetime. Oh, so fun. Stay tuned. Uh, that's a we, lot of work. I'm executive producing the three, and I wrote the first. And then, um, uh, yeah, I'm starting a new horror movie, and I'm uh, in the process of pitching out two pilots. Amazing. So we'll see. I am also yeah. in the process of pitching a pilot. Ooh, yeah? I'm, I'm, Are you I'm enjoying the, the process? I'm, I'm dating a pilot. I am enjoying the process. I have actually sold five pilots in, Fantastic. in my life. But um, this is something that we took to Netflix, and we're going to take other places as That's well. That's awesome. But there's interest in it. I it's love fun. pitching. Pitching love, is fun. It is fun. Yeah. It is fun because um, I find that the executives on the other side, the people you're pitching to, they're often really smart, dynamic yep. people who um, you know participate in the process and make it fun. They respond to enthusiasm. If you're in love with it, then... Yeah. And the reality and is... And they want to find a way in. There's so right. few and times... it's going to work for them at all. Improv really helps when, yes. you're, when you're pitching. Well, I write out a script and then I kind of memorize it, but I keep it in my hand. Mm-hmm. But then you sort of riff off of people. Exactly. And oh, rea- well, good, because I keep something in my hand, Oh, yeah, too. always. I'd never, I never... have to. To all actors out there, when you are auditioning... Keep your sides in your hand. Oh, Here yes. is why. A, you can forget and you have to start over, which just bums us out hearing you. And B, if ever I see an actor who I know is fantastic walk up without his sides, I'm immediately taken out of the audition because I'm immediately thinking, oh my God, he doesn't have his sides. Is he going to forget? And I'm not listening to you. So just hold the sides in your hand even if you've memorized it. You know, as, for, as an actor, uh, one of the reasons why I always keep my sides because I, I, I know what I'm about to read. You know, I know it. But it also manages expectations for the team that you're reading for that this is an audition, that it's not a finished performance. And they might give you an adjustment. And when you (laughs) go an adjustment, sometimes you get... To refer back to the script. And you can easily get flummoxed. Oh, yeah. And half the time... But it's really... really, I I occasionally have auditioned actors, and we we had Mamie Gummer come in for something. Wow. She's um, good. She's amazing. I hear her mom's pretty good, too. Yeah, her her mother, Meryl Streep, also good. But... um, she came in to read for this some specific part, and she was great. But, and she was like, um, we, she she was like, you know, I also like I didn't really look at it, but I'm kind of. She was mentioning that there was another part that she was interested in, and oh cool. And I think we were like, oh that'd be great. She's like, I have to warn, I I don't know it at all. Right. You know, but she and she had the sides in front of her, and she she you know 
As she started, she put them down, never looked at them once. Right, <laughs> then she, right. And then she exactly. wept, and she wept, and we were just like, oh yeah, she, she didn't prepare this Managing all, expectations yeah. is a huge thing, yeah. um, fundamentally. Because right. half the time, we're looking like, what are you going to be like on set, and I'm, are you locked into a performance, or are we going to be able to direct you? Yeah, so. exactly. You see what someone's going to be like to work with. Um, all right, well, Yay. I think we have covered the creative journey to date. We talked a lot of stuff. Of yeah. Michael Reese with a silent Z. With a silent Z. Um, Michael Reese, really, thank you so much for joining us yeah, at really our you guys for Hollywood location. Loved it. Really thank you guys for having me. really making the time and taking time out of your busy schedule you know store breaking down stories i you know i i think you you said you know you can you'll finish this thing by monday and yeah um, and you then know. pitch it on friday yeah fantastic all right well thank you so, really yeah, appreciate you, you taking the time oh it's our pleasure, thank, My pleasure. To see you. thank you listeners for joining us on our journey with michael reese's yes and as always thank you ryan um, for all your lovely work. Thanks, Ryan. Um, really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and, uh, yeah. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank Bye. you.